welcome to Talking About Pigs with Smack, a podcast where individuals from the Swine Medicine Education Center discuss swine health topics over coffee. My name is Dr. Meredith Peterson. I'm a veterinarian and postdoc with the Swine Medicine Education Center. And with me today, I have Dr. Justin Brown. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me back. Of course. Thanks for being here. Do you mind doing a quick introduction for those who may not have heard you before? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Justin Brown. Recently started a new position here at Iowa State as an assistant professor in swine production medicine at the College of Veterinary Medicine. So, and work within the Swine Medicine Education Center. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here today. Just an overview if you haven't listened before. So, we're a producer focused podcast. Each podcast episode covers a different question that's submitted by pork producers. So, we kind of dig into the data, dig into the research boil it down to tangible takeaways that you can use on your farm, and then connect that information to you, the producers. So if you have a question you'd like featured on the podcast, please send it to ISU SMEC. That's I-S-U-S-M-E-C at iastate.edu. Most of the things that we refer to in the podcast will be linked in the podcast notes, and feel free to send us an email at that same email address if you have any questions that come up from the podcast. So before we jump into today's topic, we kind of have a new style of podcast coming out this holiday season. Dr. Brown, do you mind giving a little background on on the new podcast episode that we're going to have coming up in the next few weeks? Yeah, absolutely. So what we decided to do was try to make a fun, more interactive podcast for you as well. So later on in December, we're going to release a trivia episode. It'll be the first Talking About Pigs trivia podcast episode. And so it'll be 10 questions that are asked of a group. We recorded it live and the group wrote down their answers. We go around the room, read those answers and score those and then crown a winner at the end of the episode. So hopefully as you're driving for the holiday season or hanging out with family. You can pull up the podcast, play a little game of trivia with us there. So make sure you're subscribed uh, to the podcast so you are made aware and that pops up in your feed. But we're really excited about it and um, would love feedback on it too after it comes out. For sure. It was a lot of fun to play. You'll get to see the competitive nature of our group. And who knows, maybe you'll you'll rise above us if you're playing along with us and you'll you'll have one, but we shall see. So thanks again for kind of giving us some background on that, Dr. Brown. With that, we'll jump into the, today's topic. So the topic of today is rendering. The submitted questions about rendering are kind of what is it? Should we get it off our farm? What are some of the risks and known challenges associated with rendering? And then how can we minimize these risks? So if we have to have rendering on our farm or we choose to have rendering as our mortality management kind of process, how can we minimize the biosecurity risks associated with it? So with that, Dr. Brown, do you mind jumping in and giving a little background on rendering as a whole? Yeah, absolutely. So rendering is mortality management method, right? So there's a few different methods, rendering being one that we're going to talk about today. But composting, incineration might be others that some of you are familiar with as well. But rendering is one of those methods where the carcasses are collected and then taken to a central location and they're broken down into fat and protein products by physical and chemical 
transformation processes. And then those products are used in other um, further processed products, animals, feeds, cosmetics, cleaners. There's a whole laundry list of what these rendered animals go into. And they provide usable products from the mortalities that occur during production, right? So that those animals don't completely go to waste. They, there is some use out of those animals that do succumb for whatever reason while they're on farm. And according to a uh, report back in 2020 by the North American Rendering Association, more than 62 billion pounds of renderable raw materials are produced in the United States and Canada each year from farms, feedlots, and harvest facilities. So that's not just swine, right? That's all production species. But from those 62 billion pounds of renderable raw material, about 16 million tons of rendered products are produced. So it's a, a large industry, a byproduct industry of production animals that produce those products for us. And Dr. Peterson is going to get into this a little bit more. But when we use rendering, it's best to keep those collection points far, farther away from your farms, right? And that's because this is an off-site process. This isn't something you're going to do on your farm. So the rendering box is there. Some of you might have these. They kind of look like um, a dumpster on the farm. And then that's where the rendering truck comes, similar to like a garbage truck or a dump truck comes, picks up those mortalities, and then takes those to those central locations where they can be further processed. Yeah, and so like Dr. Brown mentioned, this is kind of where the risk comes from. So the key risk to rendering on the farm or using a rendering service is biosecurity. So the rendering trucks often visit multiple sites on their route often multiple production systems, different owners, different health statuses of pigs, and the truck routes are not based on health status. So when we as veterinarians go from farm to farm, we typically start at the cleanest or healthiest sites and then work our way through. That way we can basically not transmit disease from the, the affected or unhealthy sites. The rendering trucks don't do that, and so that presents kind of a biosecurity risk. Additionally, these trucks if you think about it, are coming into the dirtiest part of most farms, right? So they're picking up mortalities, picking up pigs that may have succumbed to whatever disease is present on the farm. And so they're obviously coming into contact with pathogens. This presents the risk of introduction of pathogens from other farms to the rendering box location, which then could be carried from that location into the barn and affect the pit, infect the pigs. So there's kind of this question of, has rendering been documented to spread disease? And with anything, it's really hard to pinpoint the cause of disease. So in research, establishing causality is really, really hard. But there have been quite a bit of evidence that rendering is a risk factor for disease outbreaks or maybe has been associated with disease. So a little bit of nuance there, but it, it does matter. And so Dr. Isadora Machado, presented at the McKean Swine Disease Conference in 2022 on the APP outbreak in central Iowa that you may remember from 2021 to 2022. What she presented on was 20 different outbreak investigations. So they did outbreak investigations at farms that had a case of APP during the outbreak. They found in this 
data that 18 of the 20 farms use the same rendering company with common trucks, routes, and drivers. The rendering boxes for most of these farms were at the entrance, so they were away from the farm. But then as they dug into the biosecurity protocols for the farms, they may not have been strong enough to keep the pathogen from entering the barn. So if there was APP at the rendering box from another site, their biosecurity protocols may have allowed some of that pathogen to get into the barn and infect the pigs there. So that was one example of kind of where we have some evidence that rendering was a risk factor for disease. Another one, so Dr. Chris Kovach presented when he was actually a veterinary student at AASV in 2021. And he presented on an evaluation of the finishing mortality removal process and factors that contribute to contamination and spread of pathogens from, from the mortality box. And so what he did for this project was use glow germ, which is kind of a fluorescent powder that they put at the rendering box. They kind of put it in front of the rendering box to simulate that it was a pathogen. And then employees conducted their mortality removals. They tracked where the glow germ or the powder ended up to see if it ended up in the office, around the barns, or even in with the pigs. And so they categorized these as low, medium, and high risk based on how close they were to the pigs. And so some things that were higher risk of the powder getting drugged back in with the pigs was if the caretakers were unblinded. So some of the caretakers knew they were being monitored throughout the protocols, and then they followed them more carefully, and the, the powder didn't get back with the pigs. But if they didn't know they were being monitored, the powder was more likely to get back with the pigs, kind of regardless of the protocol. So that's just human nature. You're a little bit more on edge and more likely to follow everything exactly how it's written if you know someone's kind of watching over your shoulder. Another higher risk um, process was sites with attached offices to the barn versus sites that had detached offices were more likely to have con contamination in into the barn and in with the pigs. Another higher risk was associated with using just small shoe covers over your boots to remove mortalities versus having mortality-specific boots. So those shoe covers, although they keep the bottom of the boot clean during the process and then you take them out, you're more likely to contaminate your hands. And that's kind of what they saw. The, the fluorescent powder traveled on the employee's hands and then eventually into the barns. Some lower risk things that were identified were not entering the barns after mortality removals and having mortality-specific equipment like a skid loader. So that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, the more layers of biosecurity that we have between the rendering box and coming back into the farm, the less likely we are to drag things from the box back into the barns. So a takeaway is that contamination from the rendering box to the pig space does and can happen. So that was shown pretty, pretty clearly in his project. There was powder drug all the way from the rendering box into with the pigs. So it's definitely possible to infect pigs with something that was brought in from rendering. But we also know that biosecurity works. So when the employees followed the protocols to a T and there were several steps in place, like having specific boots, not re-entering the barn after removing mortalities, that tended to work and, and really decrease the risk of dragging that back. So that's just kind of an overview 
Like I mentioned, it's hard to establish causality, but we do have some evidence that it can increase risk of outbreaks, as well as has been associated with some outbreaks in terms of, of mortality management processes. So Dr. Brown, can you provide some more information on maybe other options for mortality management? Or if you know a, a producer is committed to using rendering, maybe it's their only option, how can they kind of decrease the risks associated with rendering? Sure, yeah. So let's start with that one. Ways that we can reduce the risk uh, through some biosecurity practices, right? So in 2023 at the American Association of Swine Vets Conference, Dr. Mary Betrayal gave a practice tip presentation on how they've helped reduce some of these risks from rendering in her time uh, at Smithfield. So kind of some of the things we've already mentioned, right? Just basic standard operating procedures of having those rendering boxes as far from the barns as possible so that that truck doesn't come any closer to the barn uh, than is necessary, that you make mortality removal the last task of the day. So as you're done at the site, you don't have to come back in. And so you mitigate that risk of bringing a pathogen back into the site uh, if you're doing mortality management there kind of in the middle of the day amongst other tasks. Like you mentioned, Dr. Peterson, having designated coveralls and boots that are specific for mortality management, washing and disinfecting tractors between trips to the rendering box or whatever equipment is used to haul those mortalities from the barn to that rendering box. Um, just some way to knock down that pathogen load that's there so you don't bring that back to the farm. And then kind of approaching it from like a clean, dirty line, too, so that you always approach the rendering box from the farm side and you don't walk around to the other side where the rendering truck has been and something might have fallen off the truck and maybe there's a higher pathogen load on that side of the box. And so always approaching it from that side that's closest to the farm, if possible, to try to mitigate that spread. And then overall, just limiting contact with the rendering box, right? So like we talked about doing those mortality management uh, practices at the end of the day, uh, but also just only doing it once a day versus if I have to take multiple trips out to the rendering box or buy the rendering box every time you add a trip that's going to increase your risk to the farm right so trying to mitigate those some other things they did at the south farm level they added some infrastructure there in terms of what they deemed dead docks so they're enclosed areas where the mortalities can be placed and then the tractors that haul those never come in contact directly with the farm they take the mortality directly to the rendering box. So again, mitigating that spread can also have refrigerated rendering boxes. So mortalities can be kept longer and hold a larger capacity of mortalities. So you have fewer trips from the renderer coming to your site. Again, decreasing those risk events, the number of those events. And so in this instance, they use the 22 foot roller dumpster that the rendering truck picks up and replaces when full. And that one 22-foot 20, dumpster can hold 12 tons of product. So again, really decreasing the amount of times the renderer has to come to the site. The mortalities get dumped into the box from the top using the tractor, and then the boxes are removed from the off-farm side. These also 
eliminate wildlife and the scavenging risk. So when you have a open top rendering box, right, you can get all sorts of different wildlife that come and get a free meal, but then they can also spread whatever pathogens might be there potentially. So by having a covered area where they can't get, helps mitigate that risk. So some notes from this though, um, that Dr. Betrayal made, a lot of high input cost at the producer level, right? To make these infrastructure changes. And so the rendering company really has to value the product quality and the company um, has some input on the cost of equipment to remove the remove or move the roller dumpsters. So those would be some conversations you would want to have with your rendering company if that's um, some advancements that you'd like to make on your site. You mentioned two other mortality management options, Dr. Peterson, and we talked about those a little bit too. Composting, which is becoming very common on farms, right? Incineration and burial would probably be the main three other management options. And there's pros and cons associated with each of these mortality management options, right? So we talked about rendering today, what risks are associated with that. Uh, and if our audience is interested in hearing more about the other options, let us know. We'd be happy to discuss the pros and cons to those and what research has been done there. For sure. Thanks for covering that. And I think it's a good point. There are other options. Rendering does present some biosecurity risks. But we're not here to just condemn rendering, right? So there's exactly um, there's pros and cons with with any sort of mortality management. So it's just kind of figuring out the ways to reduce the risk associated with whatever method you plan to use. And so in summary, there is biosecurity risk associated with rendering, but we know that biosecurity protocols worked if they're followed correctly. And so it's really important um, that the protocols are one, strong enough to keep a pathogen from coming from the rendering box to the barn, and two, that they're being followed so that that doesn't happen. There are some ways to reduce risk if you use rendering or choose to use rendering, and that's strict biosecurity around mortality removals, limit rendering truck visits, making sure that rendering box is as far away from the barns as possible, so right at the entrance of the farm. There's potential for improved infrastructure, like Dr. Brown talked about that case that Dr. Batrell discussed at AASV. And then there's also different mortality management methods if you feel like rendering isn't the right choice for your farm. And so that's kind of everything we had packaged for you in terms of rendering today. As I mentioned, most of the resources and summaries can be found in the podcast notes associated with the podcast. If you have any trouble accessing any of these notes or if you have questions, or if you have a question you'd like focused on the podcast, please email us at isusmec, that's I-S-U-S-M-E-C, at iastate.edu. Thanks again, Dr. Brown, for joining today. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. For sure. Please share, subscribe, and watch for our next episode. Stay tuned for the holiday trivia episode that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, and then we'll have more episodes coming monthly in the new year. We'll answer more swine health topics and, and continue to get more information to you, the swine producers. So hope you have a great day and week and thanks for tuning in. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. A special thank you to Iowa Pork Producers Association for making this podcast possible through their sponsorship. Mm-hmm.